0: Our dear loving Father in heaven, we thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to fellowship with you. We thank you that our ears are blessed because they can hear your word right now. We pray, Father, that you grant us of your Holy Spirit that the words we hear shall be heard to our sanctification and our salvation. Grant me of your Spirit. Possess me, Lord. Speak through me to your children. For the sake of your Son that died on the cross of Calvary for our sins, that this may be a means to apply the blood of Jesus in our lives, that we may appropriate to ourselves the blessings afforded us through the death of your Son. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him. January 19 God in human flesh. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth john chapter 1 verse 14 when we want a deep problem to study let us fix our minds on the most marvelous thing that ever took place in earth or heaven, the incarnation of the Son of God. Christ alone was able to represent the deity. God himself must be revealed to humanity. In order to do this, our Savior clothed his divinity with humanity. He employed the human faculties, for only by adopting these could he be comprehended by humanity. Only Humanity could reach Humanity. He lived out the character of God through the human body which God had prepared for him. Had Christ come in his divine form, Humanity could not have endured the sight. The contrast would have been too painful, the glory too overwhelming. Humanity could not have endured the presence of one of the pure bright angels from glory therefore Christ took not on him the nature of angels, he came in the likeness of men. Looking upon him, we behold the invisible God, who clothed his divinity with humanity, in order that through humanity, he might shed forth a subdued and softened glory, so that our eyes might be enabled to rest upon him, and our souls not be extinguished by his undeemed splendor. We behold God through Christ, our Creator and Redeemer. It is our privilege to contemplate Jesus by faith and see him standing between humanity and the eternal throne. He is our advocate, presenting our prayers and offerings as spiritual sacrifices to God. Jesus is the great sinless propitiation and through his merit, God and man may hold converse together. Christ has carried his humanity into eternity. He stands before God as the representative of our race. When we are clothed with the wedding garment of his righteousness, we become one with him. And he says of us, They shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy Revelation chapter three verse four. His saints will behold him in his glory with no dimming veil between. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is God in Human Flesh, and it's another opportunity for us to understand one of the mysteries of the world and of the Word of God and also To expose ourselves to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, like we read in That I May Know Him, page 8, paragraph 3, the word of God presents the most potent means of education, as well as the most valuable source of knowledge within the reach of man. Do you know that? That the word of God is the most valuable source of knowledge. Going on, it says, they lead directly to the contemplation of most exalted, the most ennobling and the most stupendous truths that are presented to the mind of man. They direct our thoughts to the infinite author of all things. We see revealed the character of the eternal and listen to his voice as he communes with patriarchs and prophets. We see explained the mysteries of his providence, the great problems, which have engaged the attention of every thoughtful mind, but which, without the aid of revelation, human intellect seeks in vain to solve amen so today we are going to look at a mystery the greatest of all mysteries the most like we'll say the deepest problem like we read in the devotion today to study to fix our minds on the most marvelous thing that ever took place in heaven and earth the incarnation of the divine one of that word we have been talking about incarnation in the book of john chapter 1 reading from verse 1 we are told in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the same was in the beginning with god all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not there was a man sent from god whose name was john the same came for a witness to be a witness of the light." that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to be a witness of the light. That was the true light, which lighted every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of god even to them that believe in his name which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god now verse 14 says and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth amen In our studies previous to this one, we have seen how the Word is the man we know as Jesus Christ, the man who was incarnated and we have lessons to learn. As we study this deep problem, you may not be able to understand everything of course as to how Christ was incarnated and we have subsequent devotions after this one that will explain important lessons that will bring to us the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are not in our study seeking to unravel every mystery we are not in our study seeking to break down everything to be open and plain to the human mind because that is impossible if that were if that were possible then god is not god anymore because one thing that makes god god is that we cannot by searching find out god we humans are far below in our understanding that we need to be elevated for us to know more and even in eternity we will continue to know more about him and we will never come to a complete and full knowledge because we will ever be learning and becoming more and more like him. For he is infinite and eternal. And as far as he's infinite and eternal, we'll always have something to learn and we'll learn forever and ever. So let us just see what has been revealed. Not to know everything, but just to know what has been revealed about the incarnation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Reading from Bible Commentary. Volume 7, page 449 and downward, it says The doctrine of the incarnation of Christ in human flesh is a mystery, even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations. It is a great, profound mystery of godliness. Christ did not make believe take human nature, he did verily take it. He did in reality possess human nature. As the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. He was the son of Mary, he was of the seed of David according to human descent. He came to this world in human form to live a man amongst men. He assumed the liabilities of human nature to be proved and tried. In his humanity, he was a partaker of the divine nature. In his incarnation, he gained a new sense, the title of the Son of God. But our Savior took humanity with all its liabilities. He took the nature of man with the possibility of yielding to temptation. We have nothing to bear which he has not endured." End of quote. Amen. This matter of Jesus taking human flesh is such an important thing in the book of Romans chapter. 8 verse 3 we are told that for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God sent in his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh how did Jesus condemn sin not in his divine form but he came in human form in the flesh and it says there in the likeness of sinful flesh and like I was saying this is such an important topic that John himself says that if you do not believe it, then you are having the spirit of Antichrist. Like I have said before, the humility of Jesus being so great, the mind of man sometimes finds it difficult to grasp it. And because it is difficult or not difficult, but because the humility is too great, it looks unbelievable. And since I use the word unbelievable, they don't believe it. Many people find it hard to believe that the Lord God, the I am that I am, will take human flesh completely, will relegate himself so much, humble himself to that extent. And secondly, people want to believe that it is not possible. It's just not possible that Jesus came in human nature. Why? Because they feel like it is too much of an infinite humility. They think they are doing God good service by making him to escape it that he didn't take human form completely. And that is why John, in the book of 1 John 4, reading from verse 1 and 2 said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, hereby know we the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Going on to verse 3, he said, And every spirit That confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God and this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already is it in the world do you know how important it is that John would say that actually this thing we call Antichrist the spirit of Antichrist is for one to say that Jesus did not come in human flesh And when John uses the word flesh, he's referring to sinful flesh. In his days, there was a heresy, false gnosis, like we call it false knowledge, that was going on. From the emphasis in 1 John, you can see him talking about Christ coming in the flesh, even in other um, of his letters. He was opposing two main forms of Gnosticism that existed in his day. One of them was Docetism and the other one was Serentianism. Both of these doctrines were setting forth a heresy concerning the nature of Christ that He did not take human flesh. Like He just did, took something that looked like it. Make believe, like we read, Christ did not make believe take human flesh. He indeed took it. Reading from there, we saw that Christ took human flesh indeed. So those two doctrines, Docetism and Gnosticism, uh, and then um, were a kind of Gnosticism that denied that Jesus took sinful flesh. Docetism denied the reality of the Incarnation, and it taught that Christ only appeared to have a human body. And the second one, which is Serentianism, derived from one of John's contemporaries, which is Serentus, who, after training in Egypt, taught in Asia Minor, and propagated Judaism, held that Jesus was the natural-born son of Joseph and Mary, And that christ entered the body of jesus at his baptism and withdrew prior to the crucifixion such fanciful teachings no bible passage to support such things we'll look at that in tomorrow's devotion was joseph actually the father of jesus no but this serentianism is a doctrine that um, propagates the falsehood that jesus was just a human child born of joseph but then The Word, which is Jesus, we know as Jesus now, the Word entered into that man and then before his crucifixion, left him. The originators of and supporters of these heresies are described by John as Antichrist, false prophets, and he wrote to combat their teachings. Continuing from where I was reading earlier, the SDA Bible Commentary, Volume 5, page 1113, says, Was the human nature of the Son of Mary changed into divine nature of the Son of God? No, the two natures were mysteriously blended in one person, the man Christ Jesus. In him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When Christ was crucified, it was his human nature that died. Deity did not sink and die. That would have been impossible. So what does this say? The human and the divine lived together. The divine nature of Jesus cannot be crucified. It was the human nature that was crucified. Going on, it says, When Christ bowed his head and died, he bore the pillars of Satan's kingdom with him to the earth. He vanquished Satan, in the same nature over which in Eden Satan obtains the victory. The enemy was overcome by Christ in his human nature. The power of the Savior's Godhead was hidden. He overcame in human nature, relying upon God for power. Amen. So here we see again that Christ took upon himself human nature. Divinity of course did not die but yet it doesn't mean that the divinity escaped. He had that both the divine and the human nature. And the evidence from the word of God that Christ did indeed take human nature we have seen already in the book of Romans 8 verse 3. But then again in Hebrews Chapter 2, reading from verse 14, we hear this concerning Jesus. He says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Amen. From here we see something really beautiful. Humanity has been exalted in that God himself voluntarily took upon him human nature. And this nature he did not take only for the time he came on earth, but he will be in human nature forever and ever. What a privilege is it to be a human being then. We had no value, but God gave us value by taking the same nature as ours that we may be lifted up. That I may know him, page 25, paragraph 6 says, Christ has carried his humanity into eternity. He stands before God as the representative of our race. When we are clothed with the wedding garment of his righteousness, we become one with him and he says of us, they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. His saints will behold him in his glory with no dimming veil between. End of quote. Amen. As we dwell on the fact that Jesus took upon him human flesh, we realize that it is a privilege for us to be humans because God took upon him our nature. We are a privileged planet and a privileged people. Look at it from the perspective of the whole universe. God created many worlds and not just ours, but of all these worlds, the one that was honored For him to come and live in for thirty and three years, the one that was honored for him to take their nature was ours. Christ loves you and loves me. But what does this mean for us that Christ took our nature? In Revelation 1 verse 5 and verse 6, we are told something that it means for us. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and had made us kings and priests unto god and his father and to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen christ taking our nature has elevated us to make us priests and kings not to men but unto God what a high calling that is and peter explaining what it means in detail to be called to this high office that jesus took our nature elevating us explains in the book of 1 peter chapter 2 reading from verse 5 he says ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god by jesus christ wherefore also it is contained in the scripture behold i lay in zion a chief cornerstone elect precious and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded unto you therefore which believe he is precious but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him, who had called you out of darkness into his marvellous light, which in time past were not a people but are now a people of God, which had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers that you by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. Amen. This thing I have read and I will still read much more explains to us that once upon a time We were outcasts. But because Christ has elevated us and made us a holy nation and royal priesthood, He Himself has taken upon Himself our nature. He is the high priest. Therefore, anyone in His family becomes a priest. Just as it was that Aaron was the high priest and his children were priests, Jesus is the high priest and everyone who is among his human family has automatically been elevated to become priests of God, to serve in his temple. What a high privilege the Lord has given us. Therefore, what Peter says, we ought not to conduct ourselves in frivolous ways. We ought not to conduct ourselves as children of the devil, as children of the world because we are a holy priesthood, we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. God has elevated us beyond the sins and the pleasures and the dirt of this earth and that's why he's beseeching us abstain from fleshly lusts which were against the soul jesus is in this same nature as you are not exactly in corruptible flesh but of course in human incorruptible immortal flesh and that we will receive at his second coming but nevertheless he is a human therefore we are not to downgrade embarrass this human nature by using it to do things that are unbecoming to the nature of Jesus because this human nature is now Christ's nature therefore to degrade it by corrupt practices by frivolous practices is a dishonor to our Lord Jesus Christ Peter further explains how we are to conduct ourselves seeing that we are a holy nation a royal priesthood he says reading 1st Peter chapter 2 reading from verse 13 Submit yourselves to every ordinance of men. For the Lord's sake, whether it be to king, to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. Of course, this does not mean that you obey kings and earthly presidents above God. You only obey them as far as their law is not contradicting the law of God. But when it does contradict like the same Peter, we will say you would rather obey God than men continuing he says for so is the will of god that with well doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness but as the servants of god honor all men love the brotherhood fear god honor the king servants be subject to your masters with all fear not only to the good and gentle but also to the forward but this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it? When ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently. But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to, the, to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self. Bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Amen. Perhaps you are expecting me to dwell so much on the mystery of the divinity of Christ and him taking human flesh. What can I say much about that? But to know what it means for us is more important for you. I am not going to explain mysteries that is beyond me except with that which the Word of God has revealed. But I am telling us today, I am telling you today that for Jesus to take human flesh, sinful human flesh, it teaches us the lesson that we are elevated. We are children of Jesus Christ, we are of His lineage, we are His brothers, and He is our elder brother therefore it means that we are to conduct ourselves in righteousness and we are to conduct ourselves as one becoming of the nature of whom that our lord jesus took becoming royal priesthoods holy nations living with, without corruption in harmony with the word of God. We have been elevated to be kings and priests unto God by Christ taking this human nature. If we believe on him, like we read in the book of John, as many that believed on him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That is what has been afforded to us, even to those that believe on him. And to know that he took this human flesh is very important we were talking about docetism and serentianism we are not to go into such fanciful beliefs that deny that jesus took human flesh that say that it was that which gave him advantage so that he could live a righteous and holy life because he did not actually take human flesh that he only escaped it tomorrow we will look more more into that in the babe of bethlehem very important that you look at that devotion the babe of bethlehem to understand what god has done for you and me behold oh that jesus became a babe and what does that mean for you and for me but today let us realize that for our lord jesus to humble himself and take this human uh, sinful flesh and for our sakes do this means that he has elevated humanity it means that For us, we are accepted in the beloved. If we believe on him, we will be afforded a place in his kingdom. We will be priests and kings, serving with him forever and ever. Let us pray. Our dear Father in heaven, we thank you for what you have revealed to us. I pray, Father, that as all these Bible passages were being read, that you would impress it into the hearts of your children, that we'll meditate on it, Realizing what our duty is as children of God, as royal priesthoods, as holy nations, people who are not to join in the corruption of the world, your word has said that we should abstain from fleshly lusts that war against our souls because we are children of God and our Lord Jesus has taken this our human nature even for eternity. It's a blessing for us and we pray that we'll contemplate and meditate upon this blessing and as we do so that we'll be transformed, that we'll have an excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, realizing what he has done for us and the privilege given to us and the honor, great honor that we have received that he took our own nature not the nature of angels lord help us to understand and comprehend these things and as we comprehend it may we know our lord jesus christ even more and love him more in jesus name i've prayed amen message was brought to you by the angel with a strong voice a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to god and be ready for his imminent return for more information and free online resources please visit www.tawas.org that is www.tawasv.org or contact info at tawas.org